Because if it were just about people serving ideas, then Christ didn't need to die. We had the law. Think with me a minute. So what is intention? What is being intention here with this church? And he's writing on a very high level. Don't worry, I'm, when I'm finished, I'm going to bring it right down to you. But he's writing on a very high level because the church at Ephesus is, is fighting for orthodoxy. They're fighting for truth. And Paul has told them, after my departure, grievous wolves will come in, not sparing the flock of God. And from amongst your own self shall perverse men arise. And he says you're going to be attacked, in, in theologically attacked, by all kinds of crazy ideas. But I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst all them that are sanctified. In other words, I'm going to teach you, and then I'm going to test you. I'm going to teach you, and then I'm going to test you. After my departure, everything I teach you is going to be tested. If it was true about Paul, it's true about me. If it was true about the church at Ephesus, it's true about the church at Dallas. If it's true about the early church believers, it's true about you. God doesn't give you words without tests. The word comes to prepare you so you can pass the test. That's why you ought to pay attention. That's why you ought not be writing notes to your neighbor and figuring out what you're going to wear to work Monday and where we're going to go eat when the service is over. That's why I don't like to ride to church with people who get in the car and want to talk about all kind of foolishness on the way home. I want to rethink that word and let that word regurgitate into my spirit because I don't know about you, but I got a devil to fight. I mean, I got, I got a devil to fight. And anytime I can get a word, it prepares me for the test. Paul is trying to prepare them for the test. And, and, and they passed in many regards. The church at Ephesus passed because we read in the book of Revelations that they passed in many regards. That they got the principles right. They tried them. They said that they were apostles and found out that they were not apostles. When you read in the book of Revelations, the church at Ephesus got blazing results, high scores for holding on to principles. Yet he says, I have somewhat against you. For you have lost your first love. You held on to the principles, but you lost the people. You lost your love for Christ and for God. And he said, I want you to be zealous and repent because you have got your priorities out of whack. You, you, you love your principles more than you love the God behind it. You're not reflecting God in your DNA you don't pass the test. Remember from what great height you have fallen. Be zealous, therefore, and repent because you got your priorities out of focus. He says, I am praying for you that you might be strengthened in your inner man. And, and when, I, when I begin to meditate over this, I said, Lord, this is so challenging because I serve a generation of people who give very little focus to the inner man. We want to be strengthened in our outer man. We jog, we lift weights, we exercise, we do aerobics, we twist into all sorts of contortions, trying to fix up the outside. Facelifts, tummy tucks, painting on eyebrows, pluck them, tweak them, turn them up, turn them down. Nose jobs, ear jobs. But the truth of the matter is, and I'm not against it. I'm in there doing the best I can with what the Lord gave me. If I, if I could look better, I would. But, but you'd be surprised for all of the energy you spend strengthening the outer man. When the test comes, 
You are never tested on the outside. You're not on a runway being tested for the perfect nose. You are being tested on the inside. Where are the gems for the inside? To work out your faith and your tenacity and your will and your spirit. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. The Bible said immediately the Spirit led him in the wilderness to be tested of the enemy. Oh, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. I'm headed somewhere. Once you reach the peak and the pinnacles of success and power and authentication and verification, you go through tests. So the test didn't come because you're phony. The test became because you're real. The test didn't come because you're not a child of God. The test came because you are a child of God. Stop thinking you're being tested because you're not real. Jesus was real, but he still had to pass the test. When others around you tell you good enough, it's just fine. But something inside you knows that God has called you to greater. You must think yourself clear. It's time for creative leaders to emerge and recharge. It's difficult to have the power you need to support the vision God gave you without clear thinking. You need to connect with like-minded leaders to receive the tools to maximize the potential of your organization. Draw upon the wisdom and know-how of leaders like Bishop T.D. James, Pastor John Hagee, Bishop Dale Bronner, Pastor Stephen Burdick, Pastor Chris Hill, and Marcus Lamb. Use your instinct to escape the confines of conventional thinking and embrace your destiny to progress to the next level. Register today for the International Pastors and Leadership Conference, April 21st through the 23rd, 2016 at pastorsandleaders.org. to be strengthening in your inner man. And then he goes on to say that you might be rooted and grounded in love. Not rooted or grounded. Rooted and grounded. Now, rooted is an agricultural term. Okay? It is an agricultural term, like you root a bulb when you plant it to, to root it, for it to take root for it to take down in places you can't see. You're not, you're not asking for fruit before root. He says, I want you to be rooted, and I want you to be grounded. Grounded is an architectural term. It deals with building, construction. The, the building is grounded. It has a foundation. In the original Greek, it means I want you to have to put more emphasis on your foundation than you do your building. Put the money on the floor. <laughs> Stabilize the foundation. First thing... Check the foundation. Don't worry about the paint peeling. We fix all of that. Don't worry about the windows. We fix. But if you see a crack in that foundation, all the pain in the world is going to fix the foundation. He said, I want you to be rooted, agricultural, grounded, architectural, in love. Come from a place of love. To come from a place of love. Whatever springs up in your life, let it spring up from a place of love. Good God, have mercy. Whatever grows 
agricultural, whatever grows, whatever builds architectural. There's a difference between what grows and what builds. What grows is the outworking of the internal. What, what builds is what you add to your foundation. He said, not only am I praying for what grows in your life, but I'm also praying for what is laid on top of you. I want you to be rooted and grounded in love. So Paul says, I'm praying that you start right. Because if you don't start right, you can't end right. If, 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 if you're not rooted, if, you, if, if there's not love in the root, there won't be love in the fruit. You can quote scriptures all day long. You can send nasty texts and tweets and, and say that you're doing it in the name of the Lord. But you can kill the prophets and say you do God's service. But if it doesn't start with love in its origin, it won't be love in its definition. It will not happen. In other words, he said, in order for you to pass the DNA test, there must be love in the seed and love in the fruit. I've been teaching on the road a series where God told Adam to be fruitful. And anytime God says you must be fruitful, it is a sign that you are seedful. Because you cannot be fruitful if you're not seedful. The fruit is the derivative from which the, the seed has given birth. Okay? So he says, I want you to focus not on the fruit, but on the seed. Because if the seed is right, the fruit will be right. Because there is some connectivity between the seed, the father, and the fruit, the offspring, whatever is in the daddy is going to be in the child. Are you following what I'm saying? So he said, don't worry about the fruit. Worry about the roots. If it's rooted in love, love is going to make it all the way to the fruit. But if it doesn't start from a place of love, it won't end in a place of love. If it doesn't start in a place of selflessness, it won't end in a place of selflessness. Am I helping anybody today? So this is important enough that Paul prays that you might start right. That you might be rooted. Rooted so that all that comes naturally, organically, out of the development and process of time will have the same DNA to it of its origin. So if you were rooted in evil... All that comes out of you will have the same DNA of evil. But if you're rooted in love, all that comes out of you will have the same DNA of love. I was on another interview, and the, at, right at the end of the interview, they asked me something about falling preachers, and, and, and they were talking about, I said, well, people fall in every profession, they, every profession including yours. And, uh, and, and the other thing you have to remember, there is a difference between wickedness and weakness. There's a difference between wickedness and weakness. If you were wicked in your origin, you're going to be wicked in your destiny. If, if you start from a place of evil and self-serving, you're going to be like that in the end. So Paul said, I'm not, I'm not praying about your ending. I'm praying about your beginning. Because if you start out right... You, you, you may go through weakness, you may go through test, you may go through storm, but when it's all over, when we get to the fruit, it's going to look like the root. So he says, oh, 
Can I break it on down? He, he said, I pray that you be rooted. So I want to be sure you get this, so that all that organically grows out of you through the process of time and life has the suggestion of its origination. It still has that. It might go into business. It might go into marriage. It might go into life. But it's all going to smell of love because it started in a place of love. That's, that's what comes from being rooted, all that grows organically out of your life. All that is added on to your life. Outside things, brick block that are put on top of the foundation, you're going to be able to stand up under the weight of it all because you have been grounded. You, you've been grounded in love. I can trust you with success because you've been grounded in love. I can give you a little money because you've been grounded in love. I can give you a little power because you've been grounded in love. I can give you a little bit of favor because you've been grounded in love. And even though these things might produce some weakness in your life, because your foundation is grounded in love, eventually love will snatch you back to sobriety and say, wait a minute, don't forget where you came from. Don't go crazy. Don't lose your mind if you've been grounded in love. Why is God talking to you about this this morning? Where in your life are you being tested about love? A test is tough. A test is not easy. But you must pass the love test to survive life or you won't make it. And it's not a fun test. A test is tough or it's not a good test. A test means there is the potential of giving the wrong answer. Or oh, it's not a test. If, if I can easily guarantee the right answer, it's not a test. A test is only a test when I have a choice. What choices are you facing? And, and how you respond to those choices tells you about your root. Give me 10 more minutes, I'll wrap this up. Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River. He comes up out of the water. The heavens roll back. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove. A voice speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. That's how his ministry got started with water running in between his legs and a voice over top of his head. That's how he started. That was his induction to ministry at the age of 30. You would have followed that moment of induction with the Holy Spirit authenticating the validity of who he was, that he would have ran to a pulpit. But no, instead, the Holy Spirit ran him to a test. The Bible said that immediately the Spirit led him in the wilderness to be tested of the enemy. Oh, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. I'm headed somewhere. Once you reach the peak and the pinnacles of success and power and authentication and verification, you go through tests. So the test didn't come because you're phony. The test became because you're real. The test didn't come because you're not a child of God. The test came because you are a child of God. Stop thinking you're being tested because you're not real. Jesus was real, but he still had to pass the test. Oh, God, help me preach this. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Slap somebody and holler, I'm real. I know I'm real because I'm being tested. 
I know I'm real because I'm being tested. I know I'm real because I'm being authenticated. I'm being validated. I'm going through the furnace of affliction. I'm real. But I came to serve notice on the devil when he has tried me. I shall come forth.
For your gift of any size, you will receive the Love Letter series on four DVDs. And when your gift is $150 or more, you'll receive the Love Letter 4 Message DVD set, the Love Letter Stationery set, the NIV Live Experience Bible Resource that includes the complete NIV Bible on 79 CDs, digital downloads of the audio, the NIV Live mobile app, and much more. Receive God's Love Letter to you today. wouldn't be testing me if God wasn't about to bless me. So Paul doesn't end it with the test, but he closes it by saying, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you may ask or think. Touch your neighbor and say, my blessing is coming. When my test is over, my blessing is coming. When my storm is over, my blessing is coming. After I cried my tears, my blessing is coming. Weeping may endure for night, but joy coming in the morning. to discover our creative nature and gain a deeper relationship with our Creator. God gave us that capacity to imagine and create. From where you've been to where you are and where you will be tomorrow for every day of your life. Let prayer and meditation inspirational figure in America. God is releasing strength, healing. The only place to get a full hour of Joel Osteen is Tuesdays at 9 Central, only on Daystar. Join the thousands of people around the world getting encouragement right at their fingertips. Download the Daystar app and connect to the leading voice in Christian media today. Today's generation makes Daystar their home for fake television. Daystar. The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. I think that, that that's a that's a deep wound mm. Mm. that I've, I've really probably been kind of blind to, and you really you really ministered to me. Coming up on Life Today, James and Betty share a special moment behind the scenes with author and speaker Rebecca Lyons as she prays for God to help people bravely walk from fear to freedom. We are a people that are in bondage by fear. Set us free.
Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robison, and uh, my wife Betty is a continual source of inspiration. I talked to Jerry Falwell this morning, Jerry Jr. Dr. Falwell and I were close friends. And Jerry was with his um, mother-in-law, and and when uh, she found out we were talking, they were riding together, and uh, he said, well, here's one of your greatest fans. She just loves you and Betty, and she can tell every guest you ever have on, and she she never misses a program. And of course, I I talked to her, and it was it was beautiful. I, I you just really inspired me. And she just wanted me to pour love out on Betty. How she loves Betty, and uh, thank you for that. And Jerry, God bless you and Jonathan and Liberty and the liberty that God wants to give us all, and the fact you're trying to give people and really a future by getting the right kind of training and education. Thank you for that. Thank you for your stand. Uh, but Betty is a, a continual source of inspiration to me, too, just like you. And this morning she was just reading the Word. Listen to what she was reading. Out of the air, we all will rise. 
that if our God is for us, who can ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against us? Oh, and if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what can stand against us?
worshipers and true believers in you, Lord God. So, Lord God, we know that we have already won the victory, so we want to praise you in advance. Lord God, we ask you to be with those who are unsaved, Lord God. Cover them, Lord God. Watch over them, Lord God, even while they are separated from you. Bring them into the holy fold, Lord God, that they will confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior and their King. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Brandi the Gossation, then the Go Rombo Sander, the Gossation, Brandi the Gossa Rambo, Cosande, she the Gossay, 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 Brandi the Gossay, Romboco, Brandi the Gossay, Brandi the Cassaca, Brandi the Gossay, Shindere the Cobraca. Brandi de Gosse, she did it to Braca Saka da Horace Kehe, Huraka Saka, Huraka Sede, Huraka Sada, Huraka Kade, Huraka Sada, Hurokum Brad did Huraka Seke, Shirakaraka, the under Koseke, Shandaka, Randeke, Shandata, Kobosaka, Haraka, Rambose, Shandara, Kanda, Harakasa, Kose, Shirikose, 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 Hambrandeke, Shede, Hambrandeko Saka, Hambrandeko Sede, Hambrandeko Sa, Harande, Harambose, Sharanda, Hombrondo she sharande, hombrondo, horonde, horomboko, horaka, horonko se shimboko, haraka, harike, shedeke, yomboko, mm. Mm. Ignorant 
our flesh and the enemy. The enemy just doesn't care who he takes out. Oh, he's he's attacking us, but if some of his people perish with it, oh, well, that's fine. They just get to see him quicker. So the very ones that are trying to throw you into the fire, they'll perish because it's even too hot for them. But God says the key for you to come out, for you not only to come out, but for you to come out not even smelling like smoke, is to face it and to not be afraid. To face it and not be afraid. Don't be blind and say that there's no fire. Don't be a fool and say it's not real. But say the fire might be real. See, that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they said, you know what, you can throw us in a fire, and our God is able to save us. But even if he isn't, mm, even if he won't save us, come on now. We know he's capable, but in his infinite wisdom, he might choose not to. Even if he doesn't, I still won't bow down to you because I know he is God of God, King of kings, Lord of lords. They faced that fire that was in their life. They did not let fear reign. They did not let um, doubt and unbelief reign. Matter of fact, they even spoke it so that they wouldn't even have a chance to enter in. That's the key to coming through your situation, your circumstance. That's the key to overcoming. To walking through the fire and not coming out smelling like smoke. Face it. Confess. Give God the praise. Who are you? You are his child. You are his child. He has called you, he has anointed you, he has appointed you, and he's empowering you. Go forth, man of God. Go forth, woman of God. Pull not back. Trust in your God. That was the key. They trusted in their God regardless of what happened. Even when their life was at stake. Because they knew that this mortal life was at stake. But it was nothing that they could do to their eternal life that they had. There was nothing he could do to that eternal life. That's what we need to be in our walk. Not in our talk, but in our walk. We need to be to a point that it doesn't matter. Our God's got us and we're going to trust him to the end. I'm going to be real. Some areas I'm struggling with. Really, Lord? Again, Lord? How long, Lord? Yeah, I'm gonna be real. I, I I might not totally be there, okay? But 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 I see it. I, I'm gonna be real, okay, God. See, like I said, I'm gonna talk to him about it. I'm not gonna be talking about well, you know, I, I'm not gonna be a fool on yours, my God. I ain't got time for that. I need something that's gonna work in my life. I need some reality. I need some. Well, Lord, let's check this out. You know what? I'm struggling right here. Will you help me? What what did the man say? Would you help my unbelief? Isn't that what the man cried to Jesus about? Will you help my unbelief? That means I'm struggling right here in this thing, Lord. But will you come and meet me right here and help me with this, Father? Will you, would, would you help me? Jesus didn't say, you're not there yet. I won't do it. He said, come on, bring that child to me. And he healed the child in spite of the man's unbelief. In spite of where you're at, cry out to God and say, enter into my life and my situation and circumstances and help me. Help me, Father. I don't see. I don't understand. 
I'm not there, but God, would you help me? This is where I'm at. That's what God really wants to know. Do you really see where you are that you can't do this without me? Do you see that you really need me? Do you have an understanding that without me, it ain't going to work? That's what he really wants you to see. Like he said, when he talked to Adam and Eve, where are you? It was for their benefit. Y'all messed up, and I need you to recognize that you messed up. I'm not going to let you hide behind that deception and the tricks. Of it. I need you to see that you have fallen from grace, that you have fallen from me. That you're. I need you to recognize that without me, it won't work. That's what God is wanting us to get to that point and to acknowledge it and to walk in it accordingly. Don't let fear, doubt, reign in your life. Fear, doubt, and unbelief reign in your life. Matter of fact, don't even let it in. And if it is in, acknowledge that it is into your God. He is the one who's capable of doing something about it. Acknowledge that to him. Cry out to him. Let him in. It's flames. All of us got our crosses that we're bearing. All of us got our fires that we're in to one degree or another. But is, uh, this is a question. Is your God, not my God, is your God bigger than the flame that you're facing? See, that's, that's when you got to figure that one out for yourself. Because if your God is not bigger than the flame you're facing, you're going to get burnt. If your God is not able to deliver you from the hell, from the torment, you might be over your head. If your God is not big enough, and why is your God not big enough? Because you don't believe he is. Because you don't see he is. And know it because you have not acknowledged that you need him to that degree or that you're incapable. It's not that God is not big enough. Is your God big enough? That means do you believe that he's capable? Do you believe that he can pull you out? See, it's all about faith. You cannot please God without faith. You got all different types of faith, dead faith, weak faith, little faith. You got all different types of faith. Faith without works is dead. That's dead faith. Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. You got all different levels of faith. Where is your faith at? See, these are things. God can do nothing for you. It's up to you. It's up to you. He's already done everything he can and will do. It's up to you. Are you going to work out your own salvation? It's not his job. He's already done. It's, an it's a finished work. That's what the word said. It's a finished work. It's a done deal at Calvary. Now, it's up to you to get into the word, to get work out your own salvation. It's your job. It's your requirement to get into a relationship, to begin to grow. It's on you. It's your responsibility. God has done all that he's going to do. He's sitting on a cross waiting to see, are you going to do what's required of you in order to enable me to work? See, if you don't have faith, God's going to meet you where you at. If it's weak faith, dead Faith, little faith, wherever you at, that's where he's gonna meet you. And in his grace and in his mercy, as the man cried out, he will even meet you in your unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. That's what that man cried. God is a loving God. 
wherever you're at, that's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. He'll meet you there. He doesn't want you to stay there, but that's where he'll meet you. And then if you will allow him, he'll begin to work with you, and you all will work together. It's a weak thing now. It's a weak thing. You all will work together, and he'll begin to grow you up. And, and, and the word will begin to enter in. And, and, and see, the more that word you get deep inside of you, it will begin to change you. See, the word got a life of its own. You, that, see, when you see, we're not going to even go into that aspect right now. This is supposed to be an opening prayer. But you know what, God? You be God. I don't direct none of this anyway, Lord. I don't know which direction is going. I open my mouth and <laughs> that's where we go. But Father God, evidently, there's some people out here that's listening today that need to hear this. There's some people out here that, that, need, to, that need to hear this, Lord. That, that, that there's something going on in their heart and in their life, Father. That, that, that the Word of God just needs to enter in, Lord. Enter in and do a great and mighty work in their heart and in their life, Father God. That's what you want to do. Lord, that's what you died for, Lord. That's what you died for, Lord. That's what you gave your blood life for. You shed your blood for. Because you love us. You forgive us. You want us back. Holy Spirit, just go and minister right now. Mm. Be God right now, Father. Mm. Be God right now, Lord. Be God right now, Father. Sada. Thank you, Father, for the power of God, for the love of God, for the peace of God, for the strength of God. And you know what? Why don't you cry out to have the faith of God? Mm, Yes, to have God-like faith. That's world-overcoming faith. Thank you, Father God, for speaking to us this morning and moving in a great and mighty way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.
All right. Anybody there?
Para teve me cam, gelo no oi, hanel gondi de gandel 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 gondi Jazz name friends. Hambra Shirigose Shandras to the Gosaka. Handa Shirigose Shandras to the Gosaka. Handa Shirigose Deka Sakara. Charles Griggs. Hambra Shirigose 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 Shandras to the Gosaka. Hambra Shirigose Shirigose Shandras to the Gosaka. Gandhi, 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 Gandh
Cruzy wear, push it to go say she goes to shoot it and the gun to 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 the gun who could heat this up for me and give me a cup of coffee, please? And my name is not ugly. That's what you look like is ugly. You're the one who looks like you're ugly. Lady Cash Grove, Dwight and Jimmy McCone. So she goes, 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 she Dave Rivera, hundred to the gun to the gun to the gun to go say she goes, she goes, she goes, Saraka, hundred to go say she goes, she goes, she goes, Saraka, Randa Gasa, Sakara. Monique, for a she should go say she goes, she goes, she goes, Randa, for she goes, she goes, she goes, Randa Gasa, Sergasa, Sergasa, for a she should go say she goes, Saraka, for she goes, she goes, Saraka, Sergasa, Sergasa, Sakara. Teresa Walker, hundred go say she go say she go say she go say she go run the car. Hundred go say she go say she go say she go run the car. Make sure to go say she go say she go run the car. Karen Arnold, hundred go hundred go hundred go hundred go say she 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 go say the car. Hundred go hundred go say the car. Teresa, hundred go hundred go hundred go hundred go hundred go say she go say she go say she go say the car. Hundred go say she go say the car. ボイルにしてくるんです。ハンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンドルガンド
What you just say? Amen. Oh, I don't know what you just said. All right, what we got left? Um, sick and shut in, unsaved. Yeah, I guess so. Using the dictionary. You want to do some of those? Um, I can do a few before I run for the border. You can do a few what? I can do a few before I run for the border. Oh. No. I ain't saying what. I just... I know that's why I said, mm-mm, I don't need you to go any further. I heard it in your in your snickering. Whichever Ooh. one you choose to do, dear. Uh, what do I have to pick from? What's left, Favor, grace, mercy, mm-hmm. knowledge, wisdom, understanding, discernment, uh, just give me, just give me, give me one, and I uh, give give me about three, one at a time, and that's just what I do. My mind ain't, yeah. Walking around the supernatural. Thank you, God. Shaitara mukoshida, shaitara hashara mukosa. Oh, keshitara hashira mukoshida, kosara mukoshata sara. Keshitara hashara mukoshida, shaitara, keshitara hashira mukoshara. Keshitara hasara mokosha, sitara hashira mokoshitara, kosa tara hashira mokoshara, mm, sitara hashira, kositara hashira mokoshitara, keshitara hasara mokoshita, kasira mokoshitara, kosuru mokoshara, sitara hashira, sitara hasara mokoshata si, keshitara. Amen. Mm, Koshitara Koshitaru Moko Soro, Koshitara Hashira Mokoshi Pele, Boshara Hasira, Koshitara Hashira Mokosho Tara Hasira Mokoshara, Boshitara Hasara, Koshatara Hasira Mokoshara, Keshitara Hasira Mokoshitara, Mokosara, Boshitara Hasara, Keshitara Hasira Mokoshatasa, Koshara Hasira Mokoshi Pele. She did a hesitamokosha, Koshita, Ramakoshata, Keshita, Hasidamokoshata, Kosoro, Shita. Amen. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. See, Hesara Hasidamokoshida, Heshita, Hasaramokosha, Tara Hasidamokoshara, Heshita, Hasidamokoshara, Hasidamokoshi, they say. Keshida hasara mokoshara, keshite de mokoshara, mokosite sere, keshara homo sara, keshita hasira mokoshara, 
کشیتر هستیر مکشیتر کسر هستیر مکشه کشر هستیر مکشیتر مکشره کشیتر هستیر مکشیتر سر هستیر کشیتر هستیر مکشه اینه ファイナンシャルブレイクルーツターンアラウンド。シェティセイテレヘシレ。シェティレヘシタラハサラモコシサラ。シタラハサラモコシタラ。シタラハサラモコシタラ。シタラハサラモコシタラ。シタラハサラ
Ain't nothing I can think of right now, anyway. <laughs> All right, so there's all of this, and I love lovely stuff. All right, we'll listen to a couple of songs we do the radio.
Okay. Judaism and Christianity. We make a sharp contrast between Judaism and Christianity or there'll be confusion in our scriptural thinking. There's an overlapping between them, and the debatable ground is that in the transition period between Pentecost A.D. 30 and the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, when the Jewish age really ended in the dispersion of the Jews, see chart on page 294. In Hebrew 9.26 we read, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once again in the end of the world, the age, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The age and the end of which Jesus came to put away sin was the Jewish age. Jesus did not live in the Christian age. He was crucified, dead, buried, and ascended before it began. It began with the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill it. Matthew 5 and 17. The law that Jesus came to fulfill was not the moral law, the Ten Commandments, though he kept that in every particular, but the ceremonial law. The ceremonial law typified what the Messiah was to do or fulfill when he came. He was to be the Passover lamb. As such, he was offered up unto the Passover season. In him, the sin offering was fulfilled. As the goat of the sin offering, he had shed his blood at the altar on the cross as a scapegoat. He carried his own blood away not into the wilderness, but into the holy place of the heavenly tabernacle, Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. In his conversation with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, on the afternoon of the day he arose, he said, O fools, and so hard to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in the scriptures the things concerning himself, Luke 24, 25-27. The same evening in the city of Jerusalem, Jesus appeared to the eleven, and to them which were with them, and said, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me, Luke 24 and 44. So we see that Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone that believeth, Romans 10 and 4. That is, he fulfilled the law, and we as believers are no longer under the law, but under grace. But while we are no longer under the ceremonial law, that being fulfilled in Christ, we are under the moral law, the Ten Commandments. For while they are distinctly Jewish, yet their observance is required of every Christian believer as laid down by the apostles in the epistles, with one exception, that the observance of the Sabbath or the seventh day of the week. That is not obligatory upon the Christian. He is supposed to observe the first day of the week. The Ten Commandments as reproduced in the New Testament are as follows. One God, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, 1 Corinthians 8, 4 and 6. Idolatry, 1 Corinthians 10, 7 and 14, 1 John 5, 21. Profanity, Colossians 3 and 8, Matthew 6 and 9. Sabbath, they warned against keeping it, Galatians 4 and 10 to 11. Colossians 2, 16 through 17. Honor parents, Ephesians 6 and 2. Murder, 1 John 3, 14 to 15. Adultery, Ephesians 5, 3 through 5. Galatians 5 and 19. Stealing, Ephesians 4 and 28. False witness, Ephesians 4 and 25. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. Covetousness, Ephesians 5 and 3. In the transition period from Egypt to Canaan of the children of Israel, the Lord employed signs, miracles to authenticate the divine mission of Moses, Exodus 4, 1 through 9. The same method was employed in the transition period between Judaism and Christianity to authenticate the messianship of Jesus and the divine mission of the apostles. The length of the period in both instances were the same, about 40 years. It was foretold of the Messiah that when he should come, then the eyes of the blind should be opened, the ears of the deaf should be unstopped. Then should the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, Isaiah 35, 5-6. When John the Baptist, shut up in prison, had his doubts as to the messianship of Jesus, he sent two of his disciples of Jesus to ask him, Art thou thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus seemingly did not directly answer John's question, but after performing a number of miracles, said to John's disciples, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Matthew 11, 1 through 5. Now, the above references from Isaiah and the context shows has reference to the millennium, and therefore is a kingdom sign, and as the Jews expected Messiah when he came to set up the millennial kingdom, the miracles of healing of Jesus' kingdom side to prove his messianship. And what is spoken as the, the Great Commission, we read, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not it shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name, that shall cast out devils and demons, and shall speak with new tongues, that shall take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mark 16, 15-18. While it is true that verses 9-20 through 20 of this chapter are not found in the two oldest Greek manuscripts, and the authenticity is questioned. Nevertheless, the signs here promised, with the exception of drinking deadly things, follow the preaching of the gospel by the apostle. It must not be overlooked that the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel was given to the eleven apostles and not the followers in Jesus in general. The difference between Matthew's account, Matthew 28, 16 through 20, 
And Mark's account, Mark 16, 14 through 18, is striking. And Matthew's account, no signs of promise, and it was to continue to the end of the world or this present age. While in Mark's account, the promise seems limited to the days of the apostles. Be sure it says, and these signs should follow them that believe, but that they may mean only those who believe the apostles, for such did speak with tongues, Acts 10, 46, 19, and 6. As further evidence of the time limit of the promise, we have the words of verse 20. And they, the eleven apostles, went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirmed the words with signs following. To the eleven apostles, we must add Paul, who was chosen of the Lord to take Judas's place, Acts 9, 15 through 19, Romans 1 and 1, 1 Timothy 2 and 7, that these signs were apostolic signs and were to confirm the claims of the apostles was the teaching of Paul. Truly the sign of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. 2 Corinthians 12 and 2. 12 and 12. These signs were to convince the Gentiles, Romans 15, 16 through 19, and to confirm the great salvation promise through the gospel. And when the purpose was fulfilled, they ceased. The reason they ceased was because they were no longer needed to confirm the gospel, authenticate the mission of the preacher of the word. While it is true that some of these signs have attended the preaching of God's messengers where it is necessary to confirm the divine authority, the fact that they have not generally attended the preaching of the word since the days of apostles is an implication that they are not to be expected or looked for in these days. We do not need them to confirm the scriptures. We nearly we have nearly 19 centuries of church history as evidence of divine origin origin of Christianity. We must not forget that in the transition period between Judaism and Christianity, the Christian church was largely Jewish, and it was hard for many to break away from the rites and ceremonies of the Jewish religion. But gradually, they were weaned away until signs were no longer necessary. We must not forget that there was no New Testament for the apostles to appeal to the first half of the transition period. Therefore, signs and wonders were necessary. The first New Testament book was to be written was the first Thessalonians, A.D. 52, the first gospel was that of Mark, written between A.D. 57 to 63. The Acts were written about A.D. 65. Most of the New Testament was written between A.D. 60 and 70. All was written except the writings of the Apostle John before the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. With the death of the Apostles and the New Testament prophets, the apostolic and prophetic office ceased. Since then, the Church of Christ has no new revelation. Signs are not needed in these days because we have the more sure word of prophecy. And still further evidence of the signs, particularly that of healing, ceased before the close of the transition period. We have the treatment of Paul of his fellow workers. And writing to Timoth writing to Timothy, first Timothy five and twenty three, he advised him to drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach sakes, and thine often infirmities. And of Triophus he wrote, But Triophimus have I left a millennium sick, second Timothy four and twenty. If divine healing was more than the sign if it was part of the gospel and was conferred on a believer because Christ's death on the cross included physical healing along with salvation of soul, then why did the apostle advise Timothy as he did and leave triumphant millennia sick? The writer is a firm believer in divine healing and that the prayer of the faith will heal the sick. He has had too much evidence in his own family congregation to that effect, but he does not believe that it is a lack of saving faith to be sick. Some go so far as to say that if a Christian has no faith to be healed, he has that not the faith to save. God does heal, and in many cases instantly, and answers the prayer of faith, James 5, 14 and 15. But that faith must be implanted by God himself. All divine healing is of God's sovereign will. If prayer alone could heal, there would be none of us sick. The fact that the majority of God's saints have not had their bodily infirmities removed in answer to prayer implies that the healing of the body is not a part of the atoning work of Christ, else they would have been healed the moment they took Christ as Savior. If the Pope would teach the scriptural method of divine healing, professing Christian people would not resort to satanic devised healing cults or the dead of healing. All righty then.
Yeah. Okay. You want to say that on that? <laughs> hey, I'm, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. You totally went to the left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just reading it again to see what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we must make a sharp crunch contrast between Judaism and Christianity, or there'll be confusion in our scriptural thinking. There's an overlap in between them, and the debatable ground is that the transition period between Pentecost AD 30 and the destruction of Jerusalem AD 70, when the Jewish age really ended in the dispersion of the Jews, see chart page 294. In Hebrews 9 and 26 we read, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world age hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The age and the end of which Jesus came to put away sin was the Jewish age. Jesus did not live in the Christian age. He was crucified, dead, and buried and sinned before it began. It began with the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law of the prophets. I not come not to destroy but to fulfill, Matthew 5 and 17. The law that Jesus came to fulfill was not the moral law, the Ten Commandments, though he kept that in every particular, but the ceremonial law. Ceremonial law typified what the Messiah was to do or fulfill when he came. He was to be the Passover lamb, as such he was offered on, up at the Passover season. In him the sin offering was fulfilled. As the goat of the sin offering, he shed his blood at the altar cross, and into the scapegoat he was carried away his own blood, not into the wilderness, but into the holy place of the heavenly tabernacle. Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. Okay, so now he's breaking down the difference between Judaism and Christianity and even the time periods. And, well, he says true, like Jesus did not was not in the Christian age because Jesus established the Christian age. The Christian age began at the day of Pentecost. And the dispersion of the Jews, basically, um, when they were caused to go, go throughout all the world by persecution. And that happened in about AD 70. So he's saying that the, the, the end of the, what did he say, the transition period between the Pentecost and the destruction of Jerusalem was about 40 years, between AD 30 and AD 70. Then he goes in there that Jesus came to fulfill the law, and he's breaking down the difference between the moral law of the Ten Commandments and the ceremonial law, which is the altar, the sacrifice of the altars, and how Jesus was a scapegoat, and he carried away his own blood. And the ceremonial law, when they had uh, what is a lamb and a goat, and the goat, the blood was put upon the, the lamb was sacrificed, the goat was put upon the blood, the, the blood was put upon the goat, and he was led away into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. But this, Case, Jesus was sacrificed, and he carried his own blood up to the uh, to the Holy of Holies, and actually, and actually the heavenly altar in the heavens. Okay. In his conversation with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus on the afternoon of the day, he rose and said, O fools, and so hard to believe all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures and things concerning himself, Luke 24, 25 to 27. The same evening in the city of Jerusalem, Jesus appeared to eleven to them that were with them, and said, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, where all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Luke 24 and 44. So we see that Christ is the end of the law, for the righteous to everyone that believeth, Romans 10 and 4. That is, he fulfilled the law, and we as believers are no longer under the law, but under grace. But while we are no longer under the ceremonial law, that being fulfilled in Christ, we are under the moral law, the Ten Commandments, 
for they are distinctly Jewish, yet the observance is required of every Christian believer is laid down by the apostles and the epistles. One exception, and that observance is the Sabbath, the seventh day of the week. That is not obligatory upon a Christian. He's supposed to observe the first day of the week. So basically he's saying that we still need to abide by the moral law, which is the Ten Commandments. I mean, and Jesus broke all the, all the laws down into two things. Love your, love your neighbor with all your heart, all your strength. Love your, how does it say it's two things? He said love. I know what he said. Huh? Love the Lord with all your heart and all your might, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Okay. Those are those who got and I and I was uh, I always had a I always had an issue, even to this day. Like I still have an issue with that. Like why? And, and it it's so convenient to me, you know. Like everybody is so like, oh, you still go with the Ten Commandments except for that one. Like why? Those were Ten Commands, and it has nothing to do with the law. But everybody wants to get rid of that one. And say, oh well, we changed it. Well, why would you change that one if we we're supposed to continue to keep those ten? The ten commands came way before the law, so it's just like, you know, I don't know. I, okay. I don't really have so you saying that one? You talking about to love your neighbor with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength? No, the, uh, in the book where he was saying how we keep everyone, all the, all the. All the moral law, except for the one for the for the day of the week that you worship. Oh, you talking about? Day. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know that that part I don't I've never understood. Like, who are we to change the day? That day was set aside for a reason, but then everybody wants to justify why the day was changed. But you're not going to change anything else. And it's just like, okay, so, you know, yeah, that's that's always been the issue with me. And then for him to say it again, it's just like, okay, so whose idea was it to change it? Nowhere is it written that that day was supposed to be changed. Hmm. Well, I mean, but then I think what, 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 okay, let's go back to the situation when Jesus was on the Sabbath day and he healed the man. And they say, well, if your beast falls into a hole, would you not pull him out? A, a lot of times we get so religious and 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 not relationship, but religious wise that we just well, as I say, we use these things of how we think and how we feel, but we're not understanding the true essence of the meaning. And he said the Sabbath was made for men and men not for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made so you to be able to sit down, relax, and restore. Right. That was the purpose, but man had perverted and, and amended it to his own way. And, and that's and that's my thing. It's like okay, so on this Sabbath, it was the last day of the week, so that would have been on Saturday. And the whole point of him of him doing that is okay. Their their thing was they had took it to the extreme, where like you know you couldn't you they were like really strict with okay you couldn't even walk outside your house. You, you, you had to count the number of steps and all this other stuff. And so what Christ was showing was like, no, there are times where you're going to have to do something out of the ordinary on the Sabbath, but he never said not to keep it. He just said that, okay, 
there are exceptions. There are things that can't, you know, that might have to be done. You might have to go to the hospital. You might have to, you know, go grocery shopping. You don't have any food in the house. Okay, but the essence of the day should still be put aside, as was instructed. Were you supposed to just rest and just be in the present, you know, and just be, it's supposed to be about that day, that one day that family gets together and they talk about their day, they talk about their week, they, you know, just in the presence of God, just that. Mm-hmm. And it's like even on, but even even taking the day out of, out of it, even if people do it on Sunday, do they really do the whole day? The whole day is, is supposed to be set aside where you're not worrying about nothing. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not. You're not buying. You're not selling. You're not doing anything. You're just in the presence of your family, talking about God, and just enjoying each other. And it's like we we don't. We're not even. We're not even taken into the context of what the rest is supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. You know. And and it, it just I, it just boggles my mind because I even go to church on Sunday and, and I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to be the Sabbath, you know, why are we rushing to get out of church? Because you rush what? home, you go and play your, you know, you rush home. The kids are in the room, you know, or they're out there with their friends. You're, you know, the dad or is in front of the, you know, watching the game. The wife is, you know, or the girlfriend or whatever, she's cooking dinner or she's out or whatever. It's like the, the, the essence of the point of that day is not even being, you know, is not even being honored. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm sorry, but that just, that just boggles my mind. And then for him to say, oh, just, you know, so offhand, you know, it just, that, that one thing, Throwing us all the way off. It's just like going right back to the Garden of Eden, where, you know, did he say? Well, yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, so okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna shut up. No problem. Okay, it says the Ten Commandments is reproduced in the New Testament as follows: Number one, one God. First Timothy two and five. First Corinthians eight four through six. Idolatry. 1 Corinthians 10 and 7 and 14, 1 John 5 and 21. Profanity, Colossians 3 and 8, Matthew 6 and 9. Sabbath, they are warned against keeping it, Galatians 4 and 10 and 11, Colossians 2, 16 through 17. Honor the parents, Ephesians 6 and 2. Murder, 1 John 3, 14 through 15. Adultery, Ephesians 5, 3 through 5, Galatians 5 and 19. Stealing, Ephesians 4 and 28. False witness, Ephesians 4 and 25, 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. Covetousness, Ephesians 5 and 3. In the transition period from Egypt to Canaan of the children of Israel, the Lord employed signs, miracles, to authenticate the divine mission of Moses, Exodus 4 and 1 through 9. The same method was employed in the transition period between Judaism and the Christian Christianity, authenticate the messianship and the divine mission of the apostles. The length of the period in both instances was the same, about 40 years. Foretold to the Messiah that when he should come, then the eyes of the blind should be opened, the ears of the deaf should be unstopped. Then should the lame man leap his heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, in Isaiah 35, 5-6. 
When John the Baptist shut up in prison, had his doubts as to the messianship of Jesus, he sent two of his disciples to Jesus to ask him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus, Jesus seemingly did not direct, directly answer John's questions, but perform, after performing a number of miracles, said to John's disciples, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Matthew 11, 1-5. Now the above reference from Isaiah, as the context shows, has reference to the millennium, and therefore is a kingdom sign, and as the Jews expected Messiah when he claimed to set up a millennial kingdom, the miracle of healing of Jesus was a kingdom size and prove his messianship. Okay, so he's saying that the above reference size kind of shows a reference to the millennium and therefore is a kingdom sign. And the Jews expected to see the Messiah when he came to set up the millennial kingdom of the miracle of healing. Kingdom signs to prove. Okay, so they saying that the miracles that Jesus did then were kingdom signs to prove that he was the Messiah. That's basically what he's saying. And what is spoken as the Great Commission? We read, "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And my name is shall cast out devils, demons." They should speak with new tongues. They should take up the serpents. If they're drinking any deadly thing, they should not hurt them. They should lay hands on the sick, and they should recover. Matthew six fifteen through 18 While it is true that the verses 9 through 20 of this chapter are not found in the two oldest Greek manuscripts, and that the authenticity is questioned, nevertheless, the science here promises exception of drinking deadly things, follow the preaching of the gospel by the apostles. It must not be overlooked that the command to go into all the world and preach the gospel is given to the 11 apostles and not the followers of Jesus in general. The difference between Matthew's account, Matthew 28:16-20, and Mark's account, Matthew 16:14-18, is striking. In Matthew's account, no signs are promised, and it was to continue to the end of the world, or this present age, while in Mark's account, the promise seems limited to the days of the apostles. Be sure it says, and these signs should follow them that believe, but that, mean, that may mean only those who believe the apostles, for such just speak with tongues. Acts 10:46, 19 and 6. As further evidence of the time limit of the promise, we have the verse of verse 20. And they, the eleven apostles, went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and conforming the words with signs following. To the eleven apostles, we must add Paul. Okay, so now this is where I'm kind of like, okay. See, Paul was not chosen to be Judas's place. That 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 didn't happen. Paul came after Judas, but um, who was that was chosen uh, to be, take Judas's place? Uh, was it Matthew? No. I think it was Matthias. I want to say it was Matthias. Yeah. M-A-T-T-H-I-S. Okay. Because Paul didn't come in until later on. So right now, that's why I'm kind of like, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting under, I see what he's talking about. Jesus coming with the miracles of healing to prove the kingdom signs. And so now here he is. He said, the signs should follow them and believe in my name. You cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up servants, drink every daily thing. So this is why I'm kind of like, I don't know about this. Because, again, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. But Paul didn't was not, he did not come to take Judas's place. No. Okay. There's, uh... So the, that, these signs were apost- apostolic signs were to confirm the claims of the apostles who was the teaching of Paul. 
Truly the signs of the apostles were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds, Second Corinthians 12 and 12. These signs were to convince the Gentiles, Romans 15 and 16 through 19, and to confirm the great salvation promised through the gospel, Hebrews 2, 3 through 4. And when the purpose was fulfilled, they ceased. Now, I don't agree with that. Because we still, I mean, we... The reason we don't have signs is because of lack of the, well, the church. The, the church. Wait a minute. And the word of God says, and we will do greater works than he did. So even right then and there, that's saying we're going to do greater signs. Mm-hmm. So reason the signs are not has nothing to do with the word, and it's not that the commission is dead. It has a lot to do with the people of God. Go, okay, I just sent you all the, that text the other day about that dead man who was raised back to life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, just but again, I mean, but see, you know what? See, this again is why we have to study ourselves, why we have to take everything. And bottom line, as good as this book is, he's still a man, and that's that's why we have to go back to everything in scripture. As much as as much as he has been, you know, as much as he has has given life in some areas, he doesn't have it complete, and and man is going to always miss that. So we always have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. The reason they say, oh, you want to say something? I was just going to, oh, good morning, everybody. Um, That's what I wanted to say that uh, just real quick, that that's why it's so important to pray for interpretation and wisdom and understanding, too, because, you know, the the Bible says what it says. I mean, that pretty much doesn't change, even though there's different translations and stuff, but everybody's going to see it differently and sometimes the way it's interpreted just depends upon whatever we're going through at that time. Our mm-hmm. mind tends to, you know, kind of spin it sometimes for what we need, you know, at the moment. Um, so that's why, you know, prayer for that is so important because you can have a hundred different people read a passage of scripture and come up with a hundred different ter- interpretations of it. And then sometimes whoever happens to have a book or, you know, a platform or TV show or a radio show or YouTube channel, whatever, it's their interpretation um, is what gets out to the masses and then people take it as fact. But it's not always fact. Well, I'm not going to say it again. It's not so much not it being a fact, but we talk about progressive revelation. And like you said, depending on our experiences, where we are, and what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. Okay, I mean, we, okay, perfect example. When when they first got on the line and was talking about, you know, nature and sin and the garden of Eden, we was kind of like, yeah, okay, all right. But after a while with the Holy Spirit revealing and showing, I began to see what he was talking about. I I had to get to that point. And see, that's why I said a lot of times when you read or see something in the Word of God, you might not quite agree with. Like you said, that's when that see that's when your word comes in, and it's not to say, well, this is what I see. No, that's when you go. That's when you kind of table it and like put it in your, you know, and you just you put it before God and then let Him reveal this to you. You know, begin because like I say, if you haven't gone through a certain level, you can't do who, Felicia. You can't have a couple of weeks of college algebra and then think to go do calculus. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Just perfect. Another perfect example: Isaiah fifty-four seventeen, Pastor Mark. I would have never thought that I've been using that to 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 pull demons away from me and my family. That you know, pronouncing curses on us. Never would have thought. 
But because he walks in that realm of deliverance mended, and he's had that personal experience because of way who he is and what he does, he gave that bit of you know bit of information to us and been using it ever since. So again, it's it's not that it's wrong. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that sometimes it's not wrong, but I'm saying a lot of like you said, it just depends on where you're at in your your spiritual level. Okay, y'all got quiet. Anyway. <laughs> I think, well, what I wanted to say about that is I I do think that it has a lot to do with your spiritual level. But one thing, well, who was I talking to? Felicia, I think this might have been you. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. But um, when we were talking about how sometimes, People think that if you are a babe in Christ or if you are, um, you know, somewhat new, if you will, that um, you don't, that your interpretations are not as valuable as somebody who has been in the walk, if you will, for a long, long time. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen that. Like, Like, I don't like that. I don't think that that's correct. You know, God reveals, God can reveal something to somebody. And I don't even know if this is what, I'm just saying, this is what just triggered this thought. God can reveal something to somebody who, you know, has been in, um, quote, the walk for just a little bit of time, the same way he can reveal something to somebody who's been in it for a long time. Because just because you've been in it for a while doesn't mean that you have a certain level of spirituality anyway. And I think that we have to be really careful of that because a lot of times a person who is new still has a pure, clean spirit, and we don't know what God has been doing with them before they actually, um, you know, maybe start going to church or whatever. Is what I'm saying making any sense? That's just a a point that we talked about that I wanted to bring up, that we have to be careful not to dismiss um, things that, someone that we see is new in Christ may have to say because God will reveal to them the same as he will reveal to anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. You want to say something, Felicia? Uh, no. no, I thought Felicia wanted to say something. Because I think that was her. Felicia, was that you? Yes, We were ma'am. talking about that the other day on the phone. That's what I thought. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> You know what, the thing about it, and see, this is indicative of how things are led, okay? I'm listening to what you're saying, and see, if the Holy Spirit is leading something, then you're totally correct. It doesn't matter about somebody from a young or old, because the Holy Spirit will be leading it. And literally, the Holy Spirit needs to be leading everything that we do because He will speak. You right? He will speak through someone who's younger. If they're pure, he can. He speak to whoever he can get the message across to. <laughs> right. You know. But see, but see again. That's if the Holy Spirit is leading, and so many things. But see, that's where we we don't really understand so many things that the flesh is leading us by, and we're really not 
understand. Again, we're, okay, because even like you keep saying interpretation, but now because of the teachings I'm understanding, it's not interpreted, it's a revelation. Because if it's an interpretation, then that's man. But again, that's uh-huh. only because now right. God, Lord has got me to that point that I'm getting that understanding. So, if and, and see, but see, but again, it's progressive, and we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to miss it. So, that's what we need to be conscious of. And that, again, that's where it comes always. That's where discernment comes in. That's where studying comes in. That's what all of that because the Holy Spirit, the, the Triune God, we're the body. Jesus is the head. He is the one supposed to be leading. So He will speak to you. My daughter, he done spoke to a mule to get to Balaam's attention. So if we get so fleshly or so self-righteous or so caught up into whatever that is not of the Spirit of God, then, yeah, a whole lot of things that are not Christ-like is going to happen. And they will be they will be godly things in the sense that they might be biblical, they might be moral, they might be all that, but they won't be spiritually led things. Okay, y'all got quiet again. <laughs> you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to keep reading my child. I was trying to get out of here, which I'm not even going to touch on that one right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, while it is true that some of these signs have attended the preaching of the God's messages where it was necessary to confirm their divine authority, the fact they have not generally attended the preaching of the word since the days of apostles' implications that they were not to be expected or looked for in these days. We do not need them to confirm the scriptures. We have nearly 19 centuries of church history as evidence of the divine origin of Christianity. We must not forget that in the transition period between Jews. And you know what? That, 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 okay, not to confirm it. Didn't we just hear say something else about these signs should follow them to believe? It's some kind of confirmation. It's something scripturally that 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 contradicts what he's saying about we don't need them to confirm. And I, it's not coming to me. And I've heard that before too. What you're saying that the scripture that's because my um because it says the signs are needed, even you know to to show that the spirit of the Lord is there. In the presence of what's going on, so it's you can't say the history is enough because the history is is man made. People, man can basically screw with history, but if you still have the signs there that show that the hope that this power of God is is residing there, then that's what basically says, okay, yes. God is still here. God is still working miracles. God is still in the presence of the people. So, so for him to say that, it, it doesn't, right. it, no. <laughs> right, right. I'm with you. I'm with you. you know? so, you just, so you basically say, God is just like, okay, well, I've done enough. So, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. no, come on now. That, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, right, right. Okay. It says, um, there's still further evidence that the signs, particularly that of healings, close, cease before the close of the transition period. We have the treatment of Paul of his fellow workers. And writing to, first Tim, and writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 5 and 23, he advised him to drink no longer water, but use a little wine for my stomach's sake, and thine often for thy infirmities. And a trophimus he wrote, but triumphers have I left in millennium 6, 2 Timothy 4 and 20. 
If divine healing was more than a sign, it was part of the gospel. It was conferred on a believer because of Christ's death on the cross. It includes the physical healing and one the salvation of soul. Then why did Apostle Paul advise Timothy as he did and leave Trophim the sick and sick? Well, see, now right then and there, in the Word of God, it says, um, by my stripes ye were healed. And actually, mm-hmm. in the scripture, it says it two, two ways. It says, this, by my stripes you are healed, and by my stripes you were healed. It's mm-hmm. two different ways in the scripture. To, so we have divine healing according to again. We're not, we're not, now, there are a lot of reasons, now, especially since we get down to spirit, soul, and body. You know, you got, you got infirmities in your spirit. You got infirmities in your soul. You got infirmities in your body. So, you know, it's a lot of reasons, especially now that we need to get an understanding of why we're sick and why this and the other. Now, I'm going to even bring this out because of in- intercessory intercession, and this is things that I've learned because of intercession. You too will carry physical burdens and et cetera burdens because of you standing in the gap of others. Now, when Paul talked about that infirmity with the thorn in his side. He also had a problem with his eye. That was because he was standing in the gap for others. I'm personally saying that because when I, when I began to have problems with me, my eyes and different things, the Holy Spirit took me to the Word, and he began to show me and teach me that. So I'm talking about, now, yeah, this is personal revelation in my walk that he began to show his son. It was, uh, it was no coincidence that he took me to the Scriptures. Paul had a problem in his eye. I had a problem in my eye. And God just took me to this. It was, uh, I'm giving you the highlighted events. So, again, this is personal revelation. So it's a lot more than we just see. We just think of sick as something in our body. No, it's a lot of other things that are going on that we are walking in that we need to have an understanding of why things just don't. Hell, I want to know why I ain't got thousands of dollars in my pocket now. Okay? It's a lot of the reasons we're going that we need. That's, again, we need to trust God. The writer is a firm believer in divine healing and that prayer of faith will heal the sick. He has had too much evidence in his own family's congregation to that effect, but he does not believe that it is a lack of saving faith to be sick. Some go so far as to say that a Christian has not faith to be healed, he has not faith to save. God does heal, and in many cases instantly, in answer to the prayer of faith, James 5, 14 and 15. But that faith must be implanted by God himself. All divine healing is of God's sovereign will. Okay, no. No, no, that is not correct because you have God's sovereign will. His sovereign will is that his covenant will be fulfilled. In his word, he does not, and we, because we and Nate, we had this when one of the Sunday schools, in his word, he does not desire for you to be sick, and that was in several passages in his word. So then why are we sick? Again, it's not his sovereign will for us to be sick, but if we're not, Lining up, if we don't understand, if we're not walking according to certain things, if we got certain things in our life that need not to be there, these are things that allow us to be sick. God's sovereign will is that his covenant will be fulfilled. Now, are you going to line up with him to work with him in order to fulfill his covenant? That's your, that's your, that's your chosen, that's your will. Whether or not you choose it, he does, God's sovereign will, he doesn't want anybody to go to hell. But if you choose not to accept Jesus, that's your own personal will. So, God's sovereign is that is that he does not desire anybody to be sick. So, I, again, I'm not lining up with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. 
the prayer alone could heal, there would be none of us sick. The fact that the majority of God's saints have not had their bodily infirmities removed in, in answer to prayer implies that the healing of the body is not part of the atoning work of Christ, else they would have been healed the moment they took Christ as a Savior. If the pulpit would teach the scriptural teach method of divine healing, professing Christian people would not resort to the satanic devised healing cults of the day of healing. Okay, that's the end of that chapter. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. Yeah, good morning. I got one. Mm-hmm. Okay. For, I was hearing a story the other day, and it was about a, a football player. And they said that he had started out with a $94.5 million contract. And for right now, he's been in the football league long enough where he's getting ready to retire in a little bit. And what he has done was miraculous. What God had had had, had him focus on to be miraculous because he still has his money from his um, contract sign-in. And he's been living off the money of his endorsement. So he definitely played and worked smarter for his money, which we've heard so many times where players have gone in and by the time it's time for them to retire, they have no money. So out of that, uh, all of us are at different levels. And depending on how we grew up and the things that caught our eye in order to call ourselves get certain places and being accepted by certain people, people have will have called some of the stuff a new norm, which as it's been stated over and over again, there's nothing new under the sun. It's only you might go around it in the in, in a slightly different way, but the concrete bottom line meaning of it, it's not new. It's just a different diversion. So, you know, when Jesus walked on the earth, he had to go through all of these different personalities. And people kept trying to pump him up before his time. He had to keep telling them, it is not my time yet. It is not my time yet. And all of us are not going to shine at the same time. We're going to get our shine, our twinkle out at different stages. But in order to do that, we have to go through the walk and the journey he has set before us and also get us out of the way how we want to um, curtail our journey in order for us to get to our time to shine the way that he wants us to shine. Now, how does that tie in with divine healing, what we were talking about? Okay. A lot of divine healing is God is working with the Holy God and the Holy Spirit is working with us, working with us individually. That's why we need to have a personal relationship and also to honor our word to that relationship and to see exactly what's what in order to better the 
to honestly commune. Because what if they're saying we're going in and we have a relationship, we're still stuck in our old ways? That's not making us better. That just has us at a standstill. So as as the scriptures say, as soon as we die to ourselves or we get ourselves out the way, our healing can go ahead and come forth. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy because we still, a lot of us are still caught up in the way of how we were taught through what we saw or either for what was beaten to us that supposedly had been right. Or either, however, we were looking at a situation and how we wanted to read it or perceive it. So for a lot of our stuff, it's not going to be fixed just by a snap, even though God can do it. But he wants to make sure that we do have good and better understanding. That's how come the things that come to us, that don't come to us when we want it to, but it does show up right in time for when we honestly do need it. Picking at a sore on your body, you've got to go back to step one to try to form that crust and everything for it to properly heal. So when we learn to leave certain things alone so that we can get on the road of better healing, that's gonna that 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 that's gonna take some work. Okay, your comment, Sam. <laughs> okay. I'm reading listening to this reading and and I was also looking at some other stuff this morning before I got on the call. It is expedient for us to really start studying the Bible for ourselves. It is expedient because the the thing is, when you read stuff like this, you're not reading the Bible for yourself or you're not going back. People don't go back and check the scriptures that are given to see if they receive the same revelation, you will go so totally to the left. And that confusion steps in and you'd be like, okay, well, I thought I believed this. Now I'm reading this and maybe I'm wrong. And then then people just be like, you know what, I'm done. God is confusing and it's not God. Like you said, man is writing it, but man is... Fallible. I mean, so it's just like, okay, you have to go back to the one thing that you know is that's the source. So we can get our own, so we can get the, we can understand the revelation that we're reading. I'm still not understanding the revelation that this this gentleman has and how he, how he came to it based on the scriptures that he's given. So... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what? A couple of things came to me as you were speaking, and there are a lot of, I'm going to say it like this, there are a lot of spiritual teachings. I'm talking about old stuff, old writings that are mm-hmm. not the Bible. You got the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> 
you got a lot of a lot of writings that God chose not to have written in his final word. Now, then you're going to have those who talk about the King James, the who I hear. Okay, but still, bottom line, God, in his infinite wisdom, has chosen to put together this book this particular way. While there are, And you can learn a lot to give you knowledge about a lot of things, but still, for some particular reason, God chose them not to be in this book for this period of time. So that that's saying like that. So they were on something, but again, we're talking about deception. The lie mixed with the truth. So God, in His infinite wisdom, and that, and that mm, I mean, they just brought that up. God, in His infinite wisdom, said, "Well, like, like I said, the Dead Sea Scrolls is just one of the first things that popped in my mind." But it's a whole lot of um, historical, spiritual teachings. And things that are out there, but God did not choose them to put into this book at this point in time for us. So there's reasons for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was talking to Cynthia a while back, and I was reading something, one of the books of Paul, you know, the Pauline epistles and stuff. And and I wonder, I'm going to ask this question, it's, it's on topic, but it's not on topic. Have you noticed when you're reading, you know, the books that Paul has written that he gives two points of view? Oh, in other words, well, sometimes he say, this is of Paul and not of God? Yes. 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 <laughs> and I was like, does anybody else notice that? Does anybody, and, they, and it's like little nuances like that that it's like, okay, if you're not reading and studying, when he says this is me speaking and it's not really God, they're taking it and they're like, well, Paul said, yeah, Paul said, not, you know, no, just, and it's like that. When when reading this book, that's how it sounds like, okay, yeah, I hear God saying this part, but not God saying this part. But you, you could only tell the difference if you're trying to know. The mm. <laughs> and you know what? And God still chose to put that in His Word. Again, we said, okay, so that in itself, it, it, you, that's a powerful thing. Paul, Paul saying, I know this, and you know what? And see, Okay, I mean, I touch on it sometimes when I know that it's directly God, and sometimes I say, and I know when I'm kind of going with what he's showed and revealed to me, I kind of sense, you know, a little bit of difference. I can, again, I'm just, I ain't, I ain't trying to say I'm nowhere near what Paul is and I really want to be. <laughs> I'm just saying, I can kind of sense what Paul is talking about. So it's interesting that even in that, God still chose to put that in his word, where a lot of other stuff, he didn't even, he didn't want it in his word. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's really brilliant and brave of Paul for many reasons. Because if we go back to the um, body, soul, and spirit, he's talking about the different. You know how he's really speaking about how he thinks or how he's led, and also the difference between what God is saying and what God is leading him. And I think it's very impactful to know that there are different entities to us. Mm. And, 
you know, the role that they play and also the conflict that it can cause if you do not know the difference. Ooh. 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 No, you didn't. Ooh. Good point. Good point. Mm. But you know what? And then, and then basically, some of his. Then would you agree then that some of his writings are basically like um, a small devil's advocate, like feed it into what he wrote to cause people to look at it a different way, or for God to 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 see if people are actually going into the relationship with him as they should, like they should be able to tell the difference. <laughs> yes, I, would, I do perceive it to be somewhat challenging. Yes, I do. And I, I, I choose the word challenging because, in all honesty, um, I guess I guess I'm – I'm relatable. I can I can seriously relate to Paul because I I mean personally, whew, it's so parallel to how I feel compared to what God is telling me to do. You know what? But before you even go any deeper, though, I want us to bear in mind now we're talking about Paul, right? Outside of let's be real that we know of. Out, the scriptures be outside of Jesus, Paul outside of Moses. I'm saying Paul in the New Testament was pretty much one of the most powerful, powerful men, by biblically speaking, that we know. He had more time. He wrote most of the Bible. He did all of that. So we have to keep that in context when we're so and all that we that we need to keep that in mind when, when what we're talking about when we're talking about. And that's that that has always been a um a, a, a surmise. It's like was he is it just because he was more vocal than the others? Was because he what? It, was it is it just because he was more vocal than the others? Like there were others out there that and then when you look at stuff, when you go through and you're reading how they were all persecuted and killed, all of them, like, okay, he was, he was, it, is it just because he was the most vocal, the reason why his writing, you know, like he was able to take time out and, and write so much what happened to you know? I've always wondered that. Like, what could have happened to the others? Like, why did they read? Why did they write down their experiences as well as they were doing their? It's not that he was more vocal. He was more available. He was more understanding. He was more mature. He was more used. So it wasn't like he was, he, look, he, he was telling you, and I, he was a servant. He was, I like what he said, just came in. He was a bond slave. In other words, when they just brought this out like a couple of weeks ago, meaning that I've been free, but I prefer to be a slave of my own choice to that which I've learned to be true. You know, Paul went to heaven, but he, he came back a few times. So he had opportunities to get away from this, but because he recognized 
what God was doing through him. And out of obedience, he came back to continue to teach us. So he had a true dedication. I wouldn't say his dedication was that different of anyone else, but just as we are, um, you know, we all have different purviews and perspectives. And, you know, we have different stances, and I think it all boiled down to his choice. Not to say that his dedication was any more than or any less than anyone else's. I just feel that his perspective and his outlook and his experience on things led him in the past to, um, you know, do things differently. That's all. And see, now, with his experience, that gave him more understanding. And see, that's, again, see, without that experience, you really don't have that understanding. You see, other than that, it's, theory, it's theoretical. It looks good. It makes sense. I can see how to work it. But once you have that experience, then you know how to do it. And you know what works. And see, and see, a lot of times when Paul was more than likely talking from Paul, he was talking experience. Because he knows he's been in there enough. You know, and, that, and, and, and see, yeah, I'm going to just leave that there. Right. Because it allowed us to see him, you know, um, I guess, aside from God, and it allowed us to see him working with, you know, God working within him. Mm-hmm. I think it shows the challenge, the personal challenge that he, you know, felt he was up against or had as well. And again, and we're going to come back, and God still chose that to put it in his book. So God viewed that as good for his own divine purposes and reasons. <laughs> Where are you growling at, y'all? How to change phones.
Somebody talking? Oh, yeah. oh, So, so you're asking these, why, 
So these were the only letters that he was writing. Again, I'm talking about why God chose to put these into his um into his book. So again, these are things that God has decided in his infinite wisdom to put in his book, but I'm pretty sure that there were a whole lot of other Pauline writings that he wrote that are not in the book of the of the Bible. Can we get everybody to mute un- until unless they're speaking? Because it's a whole lot of something. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm something. in my truck. I'm Hello. All right, I said, well, if nobody else got nothing to say, we can go ahead and take prayer real quick. Somebody else got something to say, they can, but I'm going back on mute. Okay, you said what now? You said that. Renee, is that you with the noise in the background? That sounds like a kid's playing. Somebody got kids playing in the background. Can they mute it? No. Uh, I'm mute. Can you leave prayer requests out where you don't have to hear the noise from my truck? I'm going back on mute. I can barely hear you because of whatever the other background noise is. Oh, he was saying that he was saying that they didn't want to have prayer requests. Can that's somebody's TV? Okay. Okay. You can continue now, Sam. I was basically saying let's take prayer requests. I don't have anything else to say, so I'm going to take prayer requests. I was going to ask you leaving because I'm in my truck. That way you ain't got to hear the noise of the truck because I know it's loud. Well, your truck is fine. I couldn't hear because the TV was in Dover. You said my truck was what? I said your truck is fine. I couldn't hear the whole whatever TV was on Dolby. Oh, okay. All right, let's take prayer requests then. Okay, I'll go last. All right. And you can pray for me. Okay. 
And that was usually a excuse not to do prayer requests, but I'm on the step that one. Oh, I need to go see she to come, but I need to go around to go see she to go around to go around to go around to go around to Ha, 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 ha. You can run, but you can't hide. Hmm. Rumble question to the guy. Oh. Hmm. I need you to speak from your own mouth. Okay. Well, I need you to speak from your own mouth the blessings upon those that God has been using to bless you and to then to curse those who will come against you in the name of Jesus. I need you to speak that out of your own mouth. The word of God says he will bless those who bless you and he will curse those who curse you. I need you out of your mouth to pronounce blessings upon those who are blessing you. And I need you out of your own mouth to curse those who are cursing you. You don't have to necessarily say names, but you need to take that out. Hmm? Um, I, when I have to do that, like right now? Yeah, pretty much. Really? Oh, my God. What you scared of? I'm not scared. I'm 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 something. Oh my! Wow! 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 All right. Does it matter how do I have to do it a specific way? Do I have to do it in the spirit or not? I would say, I mean, the only thing I, I would say is you don't have to call out anybody's name, but you need to confess it, you need to speak it, and you need to stand on it. So you don't Ooh. have to definitely say this person, that person, because there are some people that are blessing you that you don't know about, and there are definitely some people cursing you that you don't know about. So you can't be specific in that manner. But, again, avail yourself to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And let him, and, and, and and see, even if because of the response that I'm getting, oh, there's some other reasons that he wants you to do it too. Ooh. You got time for me to go there? So do I need to do it in the spirit or both? No. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus. Hmm. 
Koshita Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for those vessels and those that you've placed in my life, Lord, that I am aware of and those that I'm not aware of, Lord. I, I thank you for the fact that you have placed it on the spirit and on the hearts of these other spirits in these vessels, Lord, that they find it fitting that they intercede on my behalf, Lord. I thank you for the fact that you placed them in my life, Lord, to help with the guidance and the direction that you speak through them to speak to me, Lord. I also... Lord, ask that you continue to build their lives, Lord, and to strengthen them as only you can, Lord, that they're able to continue to intercede on my behalf. Lord, I ask that their lives are forever touched and enriched through your word. Lord, I ask that you continue to cover and protect their families as well, Lord, Um, because, you know, it it is because of them, Lord, that I have been able to continue to seek you and to seek counsel through you. It is through their words of encouragement and even sometimes their uh, strong words of encouragement, Lord, that I have found myself continuously 
uh, seeking you and in prayer with you. Lord, I thank you for the strength and the person um, that I have become because of these individuals. Lord, I also ask that you continue to strengthen my mind and my body, Lord, that as I continue uh, this walk, continue this journey, that it is your word, it is your will that I continue to strive after and not that of my own. Lord, I just thank you. And I thank you for the the anointing and the grace and the mercy that you continue to um, yield and, and give to me on a daily basis. It's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Lord, for those of them um, that come against me, Lord, I also ask that your will be done in their lives and not that that I do sometimes feel and think in carnality just because of the um, discouragement, the pain. But, Lord, I ask that you place them in a position where you find that fitting for them, Lord, and that my life is continue, it continues to prosper because, Lord, I know and I understand that you have the final say and that there is nothing that that they could ever desire or wish, Lord, that um, could ever come to fruition without coming through you first. Lord, I ask that you continue to strengthen my body, Lord, that as I do travel this path, that all the oppositions that will um, come in my direction, Lord, that I continue to look to you and not look to those that choose to despitefully use me and, Lord, that those that talk against me. In your son Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Now I want to ask you a question. Hey, Erica. I can hear you. Why was that so hard for you? Because um, I guess, you know, that has, for me, that has just been a part of my life, all of my life, um, opposition. And um, it doesn't, it seems to, um, you know, uh, enhance the older I get. Regardless to whichever area that I go in, it's um, I'm I'm challenged. 
Um, a lot of it is personal. Um, I guess, you know, because of, uh, you know, my father and um, his wife. But all, I mean, in all honesty, it's in every area of my life and regardless to um, how people treat me. I never, I, I say, I say prayerful that I never wish ill on anyone else, regardless of how bad that I know that they do and treat, even, you know, how bad that they speak. And, and they know that I know they do it. And so, you know, um, as hard as it is, sometimes I do all that I can to not take it personal where I will not have a personal reaction yeah. or on it. Oh, I mean, the truth of the matter the truth of the matter is that it, it hurts. And I, you know, do all I can not to go to that place of hurt. You said the truth of the matter, it hurts and what? And I, I do all I can, you know, not to go to the place of hurt and not try to reciprocate that hurt, even to those that um, render it on me. But and see, even in that... It was interesting your prayer that God does his his as he wills, put them in a position that he wills them to be, not as you will them to be. And I guess we and I guess what I'm saying for I guess like I said I had a dream the other day, it just kinda of came to me now and never did any reasons for it. From a perspective, a, a kingly perspective, you reach a point where you will not take this anymore, and you're gonna have to push back or give. But yes, you are right. You must. The perfect example: Jesus and the people in the temple when he kicked them out of the temple. You think that's the first time he saw them selling goods and stuff in there? And even then, he didn't just run in there and act. He went outside and braided a whip. He even like, see, there's a thing called righteous anger. He braided a whip. He took his time. I'm pretty sure he was confirmed with God. You know what, Lord? Yeah, this time. And I think it's time for us, and again, Holy Spirit, and your prayer was beautiful because of the fact that it again is not how I feel, God, but it's how you need this to come out. Because God doesn't, okay, God does not want his children to be beat up. There is also suffering for righteousness' sake. Where's that fine line drawn at? That's the Holy Spirit. When does it occur? I, I don't know. But you, in your walk, when you are, this again, why I say you must be hooked up with God. When you, there are some behind witnesses that you need to take and that you have to take. There are some that you don't have to take, and only God can tell you which ones you don't. And and I, I guess it's at a point where you know some of these ask, 
excuse me, behind with. <laughs> you can see it in praying for it in the spirit and yielding to the spirit. That means God can only do what God wants to do anyway, what needs to be done. If it's not godly, then it's not going to happen. You know, and I, I go back to like I talked about Elisha the other day. You know, he prayed for the for the for the he prayed against the children of the wicked generation because they were talking, calling him names, and the bear came out of the woods and ate him. You think if God didn't desire that, it wouldn't happen? So it was just interesting that whole scenario. Me asking and and then looking at the struggle that you had in order to pray, and then again your prayer was definitely spirit led and and backed up by word of God by the way that you approached it. And we're quiet again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll take any more prayer requests. Go ahead and do me, Sam. I'm wrong. I ain't going to go last this time. Just go give me your voice. <laughs> Oh, Lord. You know what? I'm going back to Erica, and I see perfectly why. And actually, it's for Erica, but also for us, because many of us, God has taken us into high leadership positions. Oh, boy. And when I'm talking about highly, I'm talking about being in position where we're going to have Men of renown, of, of 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 intellect, of power, that will challenge and try to push us around. And there will be times when you will have to, oh Jesus Christ, and that. Oh come on, see, see, now we're getting back into the signs and wonders. Because, hmm, what do you think the prophets did when the kings came upon them? Elijah. We see, see, we 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 cringe when we see a police officer get behind us. Oh my goodness! What do you think if the president of a country says, "I'm coming after you"? You have to be so built up, so connected, and say, "No, you're not," and so connected, and the powers. Mm, come on now. In these last days, see, this is getting exactly what, because, see, you need the signs and the power of God to break through, which will tell these people that, no, this is God's time. This is a God man or woman, and this is God that's speaking through me. And because you try to do this now, the power of God has come in to say no, which is exactly opposite of what we just read again. 
Because, see, the power of God will break. Well, you know what? It didn't make any sense, but I saw it now. Well, okay. People can't dispute that. They're going to try. And if you are not so connected, learned, foundation-wise built up, and recognize when there's time to know I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to speak out in front of everybody that this is not going to happen. Or you might do this, but this is going to happen. No, you're not going to be. You might, Paul, he went to jail, but King, this is going to happen. I mean, you've got to be so built up in your spiritual man that you're willing to stand and to speak when needed. Again, because of God, how God is positioning us, he's bringing us in front of men and women who are so head-wise, knowledge-wise, power-wise, connected-wise, that they don't need God in their understanding. But they're so disconnected that they don't understand that they truly need God. And you can't come to them in a weak manner. I didn't say humble manner. I'm talking about weak. Hmm. 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 Erica, you still there? Yes, ma'am. 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 She needs to see it in clarity. As you know, you need to speak to her, Father. Reveal to her, Father, the truthfulness of what you are desiring her to see, Lord. For then she can begin to yield and to let you line her up with it. It will begin to manifest and occur where you will see this and you will begin to know exactly what God is saying and speaking to you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. And be, oh, Jesus. Mm. Mm. All righty then. Okay, well, hmm, hmm. Oh, Lord, I need Father God, I thank you. Thank you. Okay, you gotta go. Mm, you know what? See, you've been in my household. You've seen a lot of this going on there. But, oh, I bet you believe there's a whole lot of stories that have not been told. There's a whole lot of fighting and arguing that has gone forth in that household. I told you about the marks that I had on the back of my neck from when my mother just grabbed and choked the crap out of me. And I just looked at her. And she went and broke down on the iron bed and cried. I said, okay, she got, had to get to that point. 
you're about to be challenged in a way you ain't never been challenged before. Uh Uh-oh. You're about to begin to speak your mind. Oh, Jesus, Lord, Jesus Christ, because it's time and God needs you to see some things. Well, Lord, look, I'm 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 gonna go there. When me and Morgan's mom, one of the few times that I, I, a lot of times I learned just to hold my peace with her because I recognized it was, you know what, I'm done. Um, There was times I'm giving you a high, 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 highlighted version. The God told me that what was going on between me and her was not about us. It was about his relationship with him and her. If she would not listen to him, she would never listen to me. And I began to wipe my hands of a lot of things. I saw her do a lot of foolish things, and I kept my mouth shut. But then there was a time which God allotted, and I spoke my mind, and I told her all that was in my heart. And after that, I think it was within two weeks, it might have been one, that's when she began to get sick. And that was a sickness unto death. It's, there's going to be time you're going to have to speak your mind. And you will do it in a godly way when it's God's timing. You'll, you'll just find that you will have the restraint, you will have the eloquence, and you will also have the force that is needed to assert yourself. And it will be done in a godly way, but you will let them know, I ain't taking this crap, no deck of them more. Let me explain to you who and what you did and why you did it, and this is why. If you don't like it, you know where you can take it, but you will do it in a politically correct way, and that's about the best way that I can say it. You're going to have to do that. And in this time and it's the way... It's going to cause some ripple effects, but it's a, it's a lot involved that God needs you to see and to begin to act upon because of who you are and where he's taking you to. And it's not a matter of you trying to assert yourself, your word, your will, and your way. It's a matter of you get, you're at a point now. You, you're at a point now where you have to put that force because those are coming in. It says the king of heaven suffered violence and the violence taken by force. There's a time that you have to exert that extra strength. You said the strong man binded, but how can you get rid of one that's a stronger than he comes? There's a time when you have to take that extra, exert that force. Now, you do it in love. You do it in however you need to do it. But you're coming to that point where you're going to begin to speak what's been on your heart, on your mind, and you're going to have to lay it on the table, and whoever like it, like whoever don't, don't. It's going to have repercussions, but I need to know that you're covered. It's it's, it's done now. They need to go where they need to go with the understanding that they need to have, and it's time for you to go to the next level that God is calling you to. I don't know if it was a comedian or what or something on TV that I was listening to, whoever it was on TV, he said when he came into the presence of the prince and the first few words out of his mouth, he just began to, because he recognized the training, he recognized the prince, he recognized the kingship that was upon that man, and he just immediately, he just, he just humbled himself and became stupefied. He couldn't even get words out of his mouth. Because of he recognized the the regality, the regalness. 
That's what God is getting, getting ready for you to walk in. And it's not that you're puffing yourself up or you're trying to, God has said, now I'm putting you in this position and you need to walk in it. And you will know when you need to walk in it. You will, you will know you, because of your connection and discernment, as long as you stay into the Holy Spirit, you'll know again when you need to come out of the bag in the sense and when you need to be quiet and humble and quiet. It's all being led by the Spirit of God. So when it's time for you to let not to bite your tongue, don't bite it. Speak it out. It's time. Again, you know you're in a transition period. A lot of this is training. A lot of this has a lot more to do. A lot of it has got a lot to do with healing inside of you, too, because there's a whole lot that that, that, that it's going to be a healing that's going to resort because of this. <sighs> Jesus Christ and Nazareth. I guess I'm done with you now. Amen. Amen. Okay, wow, let's get back to the mail. <laughs> oh, Lord. Father God, I want to look to Brene. Guide her and part inside of her yet to consider those things that are needed out of the God to the God of the Cobra. Let the peace of God reside in her and the anointing of God yet to guide her through all things. You look over the God, speak to her, she does reveal to her and keep her. Shut up, in Jesus' holy name, it is so. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and Lisa's scared, but she ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> Hi. This is what? Hi. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah, okay, go ahead, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Man, I, man, <laughs> I've been going through it the whole time you all have been talking, believe me. Felicia. <laughs> Felicia don't want to play. Felicia acting like she's working right now. I got a driver. I'm driver. I can't speak. Y'all just go ahead and do y'all. I'm I'm beat up enough. I'm cool. <laughs> well, I guess I pray for Felicia then. Well, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> I need to have like specific. I guess you could say. I'm going to. Right. Well, this morning, 
actually right about now, if it hasn't happened already, the principal is telling my students that I'm not coming back. So I need you all to pray for those babies because I'm very, very close to them. A lot of them have issues. They have abandonment issues. They have all sorts of stuff, trust issues. And I'm very concerned about what this is going to do for them. I really don't give a shit of stuff about the district, those babies. And so I'm gonna wanna ask you all to pray for them that they will be covered, that they'll be okay um through this process because it was so abrupt. Um, also <clears throat> I met yesterday with the people I signed the contract, the settlement contract. So it's final. Um, and now that it's final, I think now I'm starting to go through it. Before, there would be glimpses here, you know, glimpses there. I was okay, though, because it still wasn't final. But you know how it is, I guess, when you are talking about a divorce and you all are discussing divorce or whatever, but then when somebody gets there with the paper, it's like, ooh, okay, this thing is real. And so now... I'm starting to feel a whole lot of things at once. So, um, just, oh my goodness, just just, just lift me up and lift up my baby. Um, This morning, this has been an experience. And it's not really over yet. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll pray for the baby and Erica. You pray for Lisa. How about that? <laughs> Hello, Erica? I'm not be able to talk. Hmm? You may not be yeah. able to talk. And what'd you say? You can pray for the babies first. Okay. All right. Transitionary periods, Father. Lord, sometimes, you know, we think that we're... Uh, a one-man island, Lord, but a friend of mine says, you can't even die by yourself. Your death is going to affect a whole lot of other people. Father God, you positioned that woman where her life had an effect upon a whole lot of other people. And now because of life situations and circumstances, she has been removed from her classroom. She has been removed from her children that she has got a bond with, a, a relationship with, Lord. Her with them and them with her, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are God. You are God, Lord. You are God, Father. Father God, she has totally put this whole situation in your hand, Lord. That means regarding the children, too, regarding their families, too, Father. She has put this whole situation in the hands of God. 
you know what? I can't do it, Lord. You do whatever needs to be done. That means, Lord, she needs you to enter into this situation. Hmm. Into this situation and do what you know needs to be done. To strengthen those children, strengthen their character, bring them to a closer relationship with you, Father. Minister to them, love on them, heal them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We praise your name, let us know. In Jesus' holy name, let us know. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 Shitara <laughs> You know, change, you know, um, I forgot to sing it, but, you know, the song is Change is Gonna Come, and for you, change has to take place. Shetara <laughs> Your vulnerabilities are more present now because it has really been um, written in red ink, so to speak, about the decision that has taken place with the school system. And 
one of your one of the main reasons that your heart extends to those babies is because your um of your desires is to be for children who don't have um because you were in those in that same position or positions before and you would like to alleviate that um that uh hurt or disconnect for others that or um that came to you at a later phase in life if it you know, if it has yet occurred. Um God wants you to know, you know, that it, it is you know, it's honorable of you to have the children in mind, but this change that has to come is for your good. Mm. Um, the children, I think, you know, I prayed for you a couple of times before. Um, in regard to the children, they're going to be covered. God got them. But mm. this change is is for Lisa. There are so many folds that... Um, comprise, you know, that you're comprised of. You know, it, it's a lot of folds and, and and variations that make you who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And God, And you may go through a period, um, through this period, you're going to experience um, your disconnect with the kids as a part of uh, personal loss for you, a part of, uh, you you know, you may even experience some little helplessness and, you know, um, you're going to deal with thoughts of what is it that I could have done different that I would not. Um, have been taken away from my children. But God wants you to understand the same way you see these babies is the same way that he see you. And in order for him to heal you, he had to take you away from the babies. Mm. Oh. Oh. So, see them She thought I had see them a Wow. Wow. And it's not that you were going to hurt the babies, but it's time for him to deal with you. And because, you know, um, children are always precious to God, he needed the transition and the transformation mm. to take place with you outside of their eyesight or ear sight. With the loss of being in touch with your babies, but it's also 
uh, more so directed is the is the loss of that baby that's still within you who still have unhealed wounds. You know, he will restore you. In his son Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, I was, um, Erica, I was telling Sam that yesterday I had a meeting at 2.30 to sign that paperwork. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it and, but, you know, what the lawyer was saying. I was on the phone with the lawyer and all this stuff. And, and um, you know, I signed and it was, it, it just felt crazy. And then I had another meeting right after that. So so she left at about 3.50, and then I had another meeting 15 minutes later, and it was the strangest thing because right after I signed the paperwork to end my teaching career here, she I was asked to speak at two engagements on the NIU campus. And I was just sitting there like, what? I wasn't even with the meeting was before. And I just kind of went, what? Like, what? So it just was strange. Well, you know, that's, um, a lot of it is, um, you know, because God, you know, he has a path for you to travel down. Um, and again, a lot of your resistance to um, a lot of your uh, resistance to let the children go um, is because the you know that that part of you is attached to them. You know, you want to help them in a way that you felt no one was able or positioned to help you. Mm. I didn't think about it that way. I never thought about it that way. Well, really, the cry... um, that you have for them is really um a really um you crying out for yourself <clears throat> oh man that's deep i wow never thought about it that way That's why it's such a personal thing for you. 
you know, I told the principal, uh, um, I actually ran into, you know, they kind of have me on this stupid gag order thing, which is weird because I'm living here in this little, you know, how, no, you're not going to, DeKalb is so little. Like, there's one Walmart, there's one Payless Shoes, there's one and a half Starbucks. You know, you can't go anywhere without seeing people. And the parents live here. And I ran into one last night. I went to buy some shoes. And I forgot that one of the mothers is the manager there. And I ran into her. Well, I just heard somebody say, Lisa, where you been? And I turned around. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know. And it just reminded me of just, yeah, it's a lot going on because so many of the parents, and I mean, even with the test scores and stuff, you know, so many parents, my kid that didn't even want to go to school until this year, my kid, you know, and I, I guess I do feel guilty in the sense I feel like I don't want anything to happen to them in terms of their desire for learning. You know, I was in the middle of so much stuff. But you're right, I have to just have the faith that it's going to, I just feel so many different, I feel like my whole soul has just been torn to pieces. But I think, and I know that part of it too is just the way that it happened. It's just so unfair. Like I didn't even do anything and I just have to sit here and watch my whole life, my children try to, now I've got to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with them? Am I going to have to move them yet again? You know, all this stuff. And I didn't even do it. So, yeah, that it, feel, it hurts, and it makes me angry, and it, it makes me feel helpless. Well, the same way the little child within you feels when all, whatever took place in your life when you were at that same stage. It was out of your hands. It was out of your control. But you got the brink of it. You know, the gag order was put in place you know, that you would not say anything, so they think. But there is no right. gag order. There is no gag order that they can give God. Mm. So, you know, they can gag you all they want, and that's their way of keeping whatever um, has happened, you know, behind the scenes that, you know, you probably have just an inkling or a smidget of a, idea what what it's about but of course the story is much bigger than you even know but they want to keep that secret and um again Uh the gag order you know for them is that you won't say anything but the truth will be revealed and it, it won't come from you god will have his say so in all of it Oh, Lord. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, I I wish it's just weird because, you know, it's just so much more than than just a job and the kid. You know, it's my family, my children. I just moved here, and I just yanked them out, you know, out of from what they're familiar with and brought them here, they're doing well. They, you know, they have good friends. They, 
And, of course, so on some level, I'm feeling bad because I'm like, oh, you know, not again. Because, you know, the cows is like, it's, it's not like a big metropolitan area. So if you don't work for, you know, NIU or the school district or 3M, you know, you're working at Walmart and McDonald's. And we know I ain't doing that. So, you know, it's the uncertainty now. It's, you know, having to get up again and try to find a job somewhere God knows where. You know, it's. I just feel like, you know, this on the heels of so many other things that have been happening lately, I just feel, I'm like, God, are you just trying to totally just tear me to pieces? Like, oh, my God. And I do know, I mean, I know, I do, I know how God moves, and I know that this is an open door, and, you know, part of me is really, I'm cool with it in the sense of, wow, he made provisions for me to still be paid through August. I mean, that's amazing. Still, you know, full benefits. I don't have to go to work. I have all day. I literally have six entire whole months to start a business, find a job, learn a new skill, focus on my children, you know, cook, give them hot meat. You know, it's it's like a six-month paid vacation. So believe me, I am focusing on the positives. And I understand that he, it's just, it's just so much. I just, I just need my life in order. And it seems like every time I get fucking, excuse me, freaking get comfortable and um, things are going okay, something happens and I got to uproot and, and this whirlwind starts again. It's like I just can't live and breathe. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you've chosen the words, you know, you're trying to get your life in order. And that's, that's probably the biggest um, oxymoron in, in everything is because that's what God is doing, getting your life in order. Hmm. Your manner by going, uh, you know, of how you go about um, obtaining this order in God's manner by um he how he is going to obtain this order are definitely two different ways or probably more so like two different places. Mm-hmm. You never know. You probably will be back in the classroom. It just may not be there. Right. Yeah, you're right. So um in in this discourse, in this, you know, discomfort, um, order is, you know, will be placed in your life. Yeah. And God has made a way, you know, also, you know, he's giving you a little purview with the six months that though things are changing, it's not putting you in a destitute fashion financially. Right, it's you not. You're still able not. to um, care for your kids, you know, yes. your household and yourself. Yes. Yes. So yes. It's not like the rug was totally, you know, wiped away from up under you. That's true. That is true. You're right. You're right. You don't you you know, you don't have that 
place of employment anymore, but you definitely have the finances to continue to maintain your your livelihood and your household and your children. Yeah. It's just now God is, you know, trying to redirect you on another path. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. So do understand, God still got his hand on it because you still got a way to live your life. You're not going to go lacking. You just don't have a place to go from 7 to 3 or whatever the time your hours were. Right. You are so right. God has just opened doors for you that you don't have to go to a specified place to be retained for certain hours of the day, but you still mm-hmm. have your financial resources. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's, that's pretty amazing. It, it, it is pretty amazing. Because most no, people then, who lose a job, they only get a few weeks of severance. you got six months. Yeah. You're right. Let me shut my mouth up. It just I think it's mm-hmm. just the way that it happened just hurts. I'm just mm-hmm. in the healing process now because I didn't allow myself to really grieve or heal before. But now that everything is fine, and like she just texted me right now while you were talking and she said it's done and my children are upset and stuff, but, you know, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Right. So um, that's what it is. It's the healing process that's going on right now, but you're right, it does free up a lot. I just feel exhausted and and broken down, to be honest. Normally, you know, I jump right at it, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to hook it up, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. I'm I'm right on it, but I don't don't have it right now. That's because it's the child in you, again, um, experiencing these, this, a new situation, but the same feelings still remain. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you also say that what she's going through now is also like a form of protection? Ah. It, is, it is It is. a form of protection because there are so many different things that are going on in this school system oh. and God is moving her away from it. Exactly, because I know for here in Chicago, about a month or two ago, they talked about a second-term alderman or the congressman. He decided to go over into um, hospitality. He stepped down from his position to get away from his current job. And with all of the stuff that's going on with the congressmen, the aldermen, and stuff like that, and that's all over, it's about to be a big blow-up. And some people are looking at the signs, and they're getting out while they can. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting you should say that, Renee, because a couple minutes ago, like while we've been on the call, I got a text from the principal, and she said that everything is just so messed up in the district that she let go of, I think, 12 or 15 teachers in the last month or so for silly right. stuff. And um, And she said it's really 
really, really a mess in this district. And more than one person has said it's good that you're getting out because who they had to sign like some um, code of conduct policy or something, and now the kids are running amok because every little thing, everybody's afraid of losing their job. So just in the past, you know, four months, I know the discipline in my building, oof, it has really decreased. So, yeah, you're probably right. Exactly. And even look at the um, University of Chicago. They're saying that, especially, you know, since the state has never come up with a budget, um, they they may have to uh, close their doors before spring break. So everybody that was at the verge of getting out, they're scrambling around trying to worry about how they're going to finish up their study so that they can move on. Wow. So, so you know, like has been um, last Friday with all the high winds, and then even um, for yesterday is a good example because they were saying the winds wasn't as high as last Friday, but they were high, and then some places got tornadoes. Here where I'm at, they were looking at um, blizzards. I mean, it was a lot of turmoil going on, and um, I think I had said, a couple of days ago, that something is really stirring up. But it's getting to the point for where um, people have to open their eyes and be aware about what's going on. we got to stop putting our head in the sand. But then, too, we got to get on our knees and pray more, too. Because something spectacular is getting ready to happen. It's in the works of happening. So for when you got that, when you got your suit of armor, when you signed those last papers, it was more than them giving you an umbrella. They gave you a suit of armor for six months. Yes. Boy, you don't even have to touch your unemployment, right? Mm -mm -mm. Not until, well, because, you know, most schools don't post their, their position until, around April or May because that's when they pretty much know, like, who's going to retire, who's resigning, who's, you know, whatever. So they start posting them around then. Right. So I got hired. I actually interviewed and got hired for this position. It was around May. Um, Uh So, yeah, it'll be. So I actually still have really all of March and April, you know, to – do whatever. So, like, what I did was um, I I really, I I mean, clearly, you know, I have to do something to maintain my sanity since I'm just here all day. You know, I'm not, that ain't me. I'm not that late. I don't do that, just sit around all day. So, so in order to to maintain my sanity, I went back. I'm going to go back to my um, natural oil business, like the things that I used to do when I had my own businesses and before I was clocking in nine to five. Oh. I went to to Whole Foods the other day, day before yesterday, and invested in that. I just I bought a whole bunch of supplies, my essential oils, my carrier oils and stuff. And uh-huh. um, you know I'm working on blends and stuff like that. People have been asking me, you know, to make some stuff, so I'm gonna. And at first, I didn't, I was like, nobody's going to want to, you know, 
And then, you know, a good sister friend of mine was like, shut up, just do the stuff and post it online and tell yourself like you always did. You know, that, and in that moment, I realized that part of this situation, I think, did something to my confidence a little bit. You know, because I've never, I've never, I've never said I, I can't do this and nobody, no, if anything, I've had too much confidence. I've never not had it. And so when I heard that come out of my mouth, I said, oh, no, no, I can't let the situation do that to me. <sighs> no. Because for right okay. now, um, for right now, you know, we get into these, into these situations because think about it, algebra. You're given a formula, (laughs) and you have to make out what's the answer. And I know with me in algebra, I can see the answer, but I can't tell you how I got it. Mm -hmm. It just Mm -hmm. flies. And this is where you're sitting at right now. Because with all of the talents and gifts that you're given now, you have to shuffle the deck to see which one's going to you know, it's, it's, it's the next one for you to do. Oh, uh, where, lo- where are you located? I'm in DeKalb, Illinois. It's okay. like an hour outside of Chicago. It's near um, Aurora. I don't know if you heard of Aurora, Rockford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we need to um, communicate because there's some stuff that I was getting ready to order, like some mafia butter. And also yeah. the prickly oil and stuff like that. Mhm. And you know what, Renee? I make all. I when I was in California, I had a store. I make all that. I make, I make toothpaste. I make natural deodorant. I make eczema creams. I make oils, healing oils for every ailment you can think of. I make my own soap. I make body butters. I make body anything that you can get at the store. I make uh-huh. it myself but I make it with natural stuff because my my babies uh two of my babies had eczema so they can't they couldn't use the stuff at the store like because it has like dishwashing liquid and stuff and it is it's bad and so I had to do that I had to learn because you know they couldn't use the other stuff so basically that's where it came from out of necessity you know they say necessity is the mother of invention so I had to learn and so I've been doing I make jewelry too I just sold a, a boatload of jewelry and winter. I mean, it's, that's the crazy thing is all this stuff, I do all this, all of it, private okay. tutoring, foreign language classes. It's so much stuff that I do because I haven't, for most of my adult life, I haven't even had a 9-to-5 job. I've had my own businesses. So even having a 9-to-5 job for me is foreign to me, well, honestly. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I want a partnership with you with the natural stuff, Okay. Okay. So like I said, okay. I blend stuff and everything, and um, like a couple of days, like what was I think it was yesterday or day before, I was telling everybody that I was um, changing my way of eating because I was breaking out in rashes and stuff. Mm. And see, while I'm going through this, I can't go back to the regular commercial stuff because those right. have toxins in it, and I'm trying to get my body detox and balanced, mm. and I can't okay. do that in the commercial stuff that has the carcinogens and stuff in it. And I know they're carcinogens. And why should I sit up here and put over my skin, which is my largest organ, some more toxins when I'm trying to get the toxins out? It doesn't make any sense. So I need to have things that's more 
of body friendly. Okay. So that way I can go ahead and, um, you know, while I'm working on the insect, let's say you are what you eat, but then, mm-hmm. too, it also feeds your your body, too, by what you put on it from the outside because it absorbs. That is so true. So if you're going to detox and clean your body, you got to do it from the inside as well as your outside. Okay. So, yeah, I want partnership well, on that. Do you have my number still? I don't even no. know if I ever gave you my number. You got a pen? Yeah, I do. Seven seven three. Seven seven three. Two two zero. Two two zero. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Two zero one eight. Two zero one eight. Mhm. Okay. And would you like my number? Absolutely. You know what? Can you text it to me? Because if you text it to me, I can just save it to my contact. Oh, okay. It'll be already in the phone. Okay. And then we can talk and you can tell me exactly, you know, what it is that you have in mind. Specifically, we can talk offline. Okay. Because what I can do is um, get other people who are interested in natural products and show them that there is another way. You don't have to be a slave to, I mean, because, you know, with your commercial products, they started off as being natural, but then for their bottom line and their profitability, they put a whole bunch of garbage in the place of what the original recipe had asked for. Yeah. And then what I can do is, because um, I'm going to go out to the, the science store today and get, like, bottles and vials and stuff. Um, so, yeah, just, you know what, when we get off the line, just call me, and then, you know, we can talk more specific details about um you know, what's, what is your vision and, you know, all of that other type of stuff. We can talk oh, about okay. in in depth, yeah. Okay, this And then two questions. In the, um, you said it was a gag order that they had you sign, right? Basically, in the contract, in the settlement agreement, it just says that I won't, Basically, I won't talk, but there, and I know that it's more, um, they just don't want me talking to the press because of something like this is, is big, you know, it's a racial blow up is what is, what it could turn out to be. So I can't okay. talk to the news, you know, to the press and stuff, but they really don't want well, to talking to like parents and at, stuff. At, at this point, if I was you, I wouldn't want to talk to the news anyway because they have a bad habit of twisting things. Oh yeah, I ain't, I'm not gonna. It's nothing to talk to the news about. And it ain't. It's not even that serious. And for you, you have been given much provision and favor for right. a reason. So yeah, I don't. I don't need to have it blow up. <laughs> but you still. But you still have your teacher license, right? Oh, yes, everything is still, in, as a matter of fact, I am technically still employed by this district. I can go anywhere. Like, I still have all my benefits, and I am to speak in the present. So, you know, if I go anywhere and somebody says, well, are you, you know, are you under contract? Yes. Yeah. 
I'm still under contract by the district, so I'm still technically employed. Okay, now so I still, mm-hmm. now what you can do, because you said for right now you live close around the children that you talked? They they live all around me. They live next door. I have some who live next door okay. across the street. Now, what you can do is you can help tutor them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, somebody called, one of my parents called me, um, I used to tutor her children in the summer. She called me the night before last and asked me if I was tutoring. She, and she doesn't know yet. I haven't told her. Okay. Asked me if I was tutoring. Yeah. Because you can still see these kids. It just won't be in the regular place where they were, where they had got accustomed to seeing you. Right. That's so true. That's so true. I mean, so, you know, just like going to church. Okay, you go into the building, but if you just keep everything in the building and you're not bringing it outward, are you really fulfilling for what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So, like, with this way, you've got kids who, you know, they're, they're, they're the product of your gift of teaching. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Say a couple of parents get together and say, well, we want you to, you know, if you wouldn't mind um, tutoring them, okay, well, you still got contact with them. You can still see how they're doing, how they're growing. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Now, if some of their friends' parents see how they're doing, then they might say, well, you know, you know, you get a whole lot of referrals like that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah, it is, a, it's more than a door open or a window. It's like double, you know, double, and uh, you know how to have garage doors for the house? You know, mm-hmm. you got, like, a single car garage or a multiple car garage door going up? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got many facets going on. Let's see, yeah. but out of you, how long did you teach at this school? Um, this would have been the end of my third year. Okay, and out of three years, so they say anything that you can do on a constant basis after 30 days becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. So it's time to change that habit. So now it's something that, it's something that you did for where you were shown to have much promotion. So say thank you, Jesus, him, God, nothing but God, and walk mm-hmm. into your city. For your algebra problem, what you think? Because at first, when you were saying that now it's starting to hit you, okay, that was the, that was the problem of the algebra problem. Okay, now since everybody on this line has put in for what they're seeing out of what you're saying, okay, the problem is starting to work into a more divine abundance. Mm-hmm. Now, for right now, you don't know all the variables, but at the end, it's going to be something that is going to be very uplifting. And all thing you can say is, you can't say, well, I did this, I did that. I, uh, just say, him, God, thank you, Jesus, and 
Thank you, Lord. All right. Out of that, she's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Thank y'all. You're welcome. Thank you, Miss Erica. Thank you, there. I'm still here. You're welcome. <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to get to this place. Um, I'm gonna pray for Tony. Anybody else want a prayer request so I get out of here? I would like one, please, but I'm going to. Okay. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for Tony. All right. Father God, I'm going to pray for the woman who's been hiding behind a mute button. Chris, I'm hiding a mute button. <laughs> <laughs> Were you on the phone when I was praying for Erica about, you know, stepping up and walking in authority because of uh, who she is now and what God is calling her to? Uh, No, I had to get off. Um, Okay. I'd ask her to uh, pray in regards to bless those who are blessing her and to curse those who are cursing her. And um, and make a long story short, because of where God is calling us to, there will be times now that you're going to have to begin to walk and tell and dictate to the situation and circumstance in front of everybody about what's going to happen even though it's going against what they say. And the people that you're going to be coming up against will be those who are in power and in charge. Yeah, I know that's going to be a struggle for you because, I mean, you're not going to be able to hide. But God is, is, is bringing you to that point. He's starting to groom you and move you to that position. So you will have to stand in front of others, not standing on the word of God. When it's, when it's regarding you and your family, you can do it in a closet. But no, when you're going to have to stand on the word of God in front of others and, and say this is what's going to happen and this is what God says is going to happen, in spite of who you are or what position you have, and you're going to have to confess to that. So God is growing you up in that matter, and I'm going to be quiet. Amen. Amen. And she said, I should have stayed on mute and kept driving. I still have, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Lord. All right. And pray for Tony. I got to remember. I'm going to say, she's 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 going Okay, he's listening, he's accepting. It's 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 hard for him to walk, but he is beginning to see, he is beginning to accept. It's just hard for him to take those steps. Holy Spirit, gird him up and keep him and strengthen him and let him see clearly, Lord, so he will know as you 
and the path that you want him to walk upon. Hold on to his heart and gird him up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Ah, anybody else? Um, can I pray for you real quick? Sure. Father, we pray right now for Sam Farley Jr. and Sr. We're coming to a point where roles are being reversed, and we ask, oh God, that you will just continue to watch over Sam and let him be guided by your word and by your will. Continue to watch over and keep him mentally, spiritually, and emotionally by the guide and make sure that the stresses that he goes through do not affect the body. Anything that is attacking him, oh God, in his body, we speak right now that it is destroyed and it comes unto the dominance of your blood as we cover him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet and that it is eliminated, oh God, from his body that it can no longer cause him any kind of harm. We seek a complete healing to him and his family and his seven degrees of separation. Keep everyone on their feet, oh God. Keep everyone mentally strong and spiritually strong. For your glory and for his good. May the shall we come. Amen. 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 All right. Anybody else before we get out of here? All right. Well, I will holler at y'all later. All right. Y'all can watch. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye.